This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Welcome along. This is Talking Travel on a Friday morning. I'm Wayne Stamm. With me is Sally Lucas. We're here for our sponsor, Travel World on King. We have a special guest today. We'll get to him shortly. And a very exciting trip today because we're off to China and off for a fairly good reason, Sally. Off for a very good reason. Um, it's the Championship League, which the Jets have qualified for from winning the grand final last year. And there's a supporters tour going out on the 7th of March to help encourage them, we hope, win some games. And taking the tour is a guy who knows all about the Jets. His uh, qualifications as far as of football in this country are very good indeed. He's an ex-captain. It is Andy Roberts. Welcome along. Hey, how you going, guys? Uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of this. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure you would be. It'd be very exciting for you as well as the supporters. Yeah, they're very much so, Sally. Um, you know, it's really exciting for me. I've, I've hosted tours in the past, but just to be a part of something that's unique. Um, like you said, Sally, the Jets have qualified as the uh, A-League champions from last year, winning the grand final. And Australia has two representatives in the Asian Champions League for 2009. Uh, the Jets qualify because they're the uh, grand final winners yeah. and also the uh, Central Coast Mariners. But, uh, yeah, our focus is on the Jets, of course. And um, I'm really confident they will do well in this competition. Oh, now, they've, they've recruited fairly well off-season, haven't they? I mean, you've got to admit that this year wasn't a great one for them in the A-League, but you would have thought that all their thoughts have been towards the Champions League coming up. Yeah, you're right, Wayne. Um, the focus for this uh, for this season really has been on this uh, on this Asian Champions League. After they, you know, won the grand final last year, um, they've recruited well. They've, they've lost a, bit, a few players, but um, look, that's going to happen with any side. Um, the A League is so uh, so professional, and it's in the public eye, and it's seen through Asia and the world now. So I suppose the players become more in the shop window, so to speak. So there's opportunities for them to uh, to go overseas and apply their trade overseas. But a couple of them have been coached, like Jade North and, and even Joel Griffiths. He's off to China on loan. So, yeah, it's, um, it's good if you're a professional footballer. It's good that we're being well thought of now because once upon a time we weren't even considered anywhere near the top league in soccer, were we? No, well, that, that comes with the uh, the soccer is obviously doing well on the world stage. Uh, you know, that all come about when they qualified after 32 years in, in Germany in 2006. And, and since then, only last night, they uh, had a draw against Japan. So it looks like they'll qualify for um, South Africa 2010, so the profile of football in this country has really come to the fore, and um, it's really exciting. And they get great support now, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's the world game. It's the most participated team sport in the whole world. <laughs> and you're not uh, biased. <laughs> no, but, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, as a past player and a professional yeah. player, but, uh, you know, it's really, it's really encouraging. Uh, it, it delights me to see the game reach the Country. I do want to just uh, maybe, Andy, just run through what the supporters can expect on this itinerary in Beijing? Yeah, well, they can expect the first. I mean, to support your, your local Newcastle Jets uh, is really exciting on the world stage. The Asian Champions League, Sally, has been running for quite some time, but Australia have only gone into the Asian Confederation um, over the last couple of years, and it's an opportunity for our, our A-League teams to be on the world stage because... Mm. Uh, I mean, we just saw this year what uh, Adelaide United achieved. They actually got through the group stage, which the Jets are going to be a part of, and they reached the knockout stage, and they eventually uh, lost in the um, in the final to a Japanese team, Osaka. But, um, you know, it just opens up so many opportunities for, for not only the team, um, it puts the city on the world stage, and the players are in front of uh, so many scouts, and it creates opportunities for them. 
The crowds have also got to be big, don't they, Andy? Isn't that part of the experience, you know, for the supporters club to really get along to see a game, which could be, you know, huge crowds. I mean, we get good crowds here on occasion, especially the finals, but they'll have enormous crowds. The atmosphere will be incredible. Well, the destination we're going to on on a tour to China is amazing. Um, You know, we're we're going to the the local uh, Beijing uh, Goan side that finished uh, in the Chinese Super League in third place, and they've won their Chinese FA Cup a matter of three times, so they're quality opposition. But the uh, the Jets supporters can expect a, a fantastic trip. Um, I'm really excited to host it, as I've said before. And, um, you know, not only will we see good quality football, but we'll also see um, one of the most fascinating countries in Asia, in China, along the way. So I'm really um, excited to be a part of it. It'll be a terrific tour. The length of the tour is... Goes from the 7th to the 13th of March, so, yeah, just on a week. That's beautiful. Good time of the year to be headed over there. Andy, thanks for your time today. Been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck on the tour. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Look forward to it. Thanks for your time, guys. Thanks, Andy. Welcome back to Talking Travel. We're here for our sponsor, Travel World on King. I'm Wayne Stamp. With me is Sally Lucas. We're on the supporters' tour to China. Well, sort of at the moment with the Jets. We can pretend we're pretending, we are. We're, pretending <laughs> we are. we're actually going to take a look at China and some of the great places there are to see. So let's go to Beijing first. We'll go to Beijing first. And, and China is an amazing country. And of course, you've only got to look at an atlas to see how massively huge it is and how diverse. I mean, everything from pine forests to beautiful lakes to pinnacle peaks in Guilin to the Gobi Desert to, you know, sea coastal. You've got everything in one country. It's just the most amazing, diverse country you would ever go to. However, the um, supporters people are actually going to Beijing but Beijing again is a huge city Mm. and what's happened of course as we all know with last year it became like the sporting destination or the capital of the world as while the Olympics were on. Mm. So we all got an insight in, into Beijing, of course. Um, and it has changed a lot over the years, obviously. They've, they've modernised. I mean, since the Mao days, of course, things have always changed. Things are evolving all the time. And so it's undergone quite a metamorphosis from um, really just a dull industrial city as it once was to now like a, a modern world-class metropolis. But it still, still does have a few of the little old areas, and I think you've really got to seek those out you know we all modernity's good but to get the culture and the feel of a country you've got to seek out these little pockets that mm-hmm. are still there and I was only reading Kylie Kwong's latest book, uh, Journey Through China, which is a beautiful, fascinating book if anyone wants to grab hold of it. It's got great recipes, but it's also detailing her vision of going back to China and what she expected. Of course, she was Australian-born Chinese. She was really revisiting areas she'd never been to. And, and there was an interesting whole few pages on Beijing, if anyone would like to get a copy of that book and have a read of it. But, I mean, Beijing's over 15 million people in population. So you're going to a huge city. What are we, 22, something like that? The, country. the whole country? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean... I, was just, thinking, yeah, I don't think Newcastle's quite that big. No, 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 no. The whole no, country, it's not. yes, 22. But, I mean, when I was there, too, like one of the previous times, it was just still all bicycles, and the only cars were owned by government people, hotels and taxis. Whereas now, you know, there's masses of cars, but you've got to remember that there's billions of people. Mm. So they've still only got about, like, we have one car per eight people or something in this country like they've got one car per 30 people still but that's still a huge amount of cars Mm. so it's changed a lot now Um, it's not just all bicycles like it can be when you get out of Beijing you know into these more remote areas it's very much as China has always been but Beijing is a metropolis but just remember there's so much history there so what do you do in Beijing well let's Everyone knows Tiananmen Square. Okay. Everyone remembers the guy lying in front of the tank, that, that incredible scene. But in you've got there, you've still got the, the, the Mao's mausoleum with his huge big photo above it. And even though he was 
I guess hated a lot or detested a lot by a lot of people. There's still up to 2,000 people a day, Chinese people, queue to get into his mausoleum. So someone obviously must have liked him. Mm. But he, it was amazing. But then you look at the Forbidden City, which is just near there. And, I mean, it is massive. I mean, it was built in the times of Chinese opulence. Like they have courtyards within the Forbidden City, which was just a city for kings and concubines and whatever, you know. And the courtyards would fill thousands, fit thousands in them. You know, it's just... You just our eyes are out on sticks and the actual ornateness of, of the Chinese decoration. Then you've got the summer palace that he had on a lake. This, oh, it is just so serene. The gardens are beautiful. Then you go a little bit further out and you can do the Ming tombs and you go down this long road with all these wonderful stone statues leading you into these incredible tombs of where they were buried. Um, and then, of course, you've got the Temple of Heaven, which is another wonderful um, temple to go to. And let's not forget the Great Wall. The Great Wall, though, the, the place they tend to take tourists to now is very commercial. Um, it even has a sky rail to take you up, whereas the old days you only walked. If you want to do it a little bit differently, though, if you go a little bit further, two hours, about two hours northeast of Peking, you can do a tour that goes to the Huang Hua Cheng section of it. Less tourists, and it's very much intact with the walls, very much in all the watchtowers, and it's quite incredible. But let people know it is steep. I couldn't walk for a couple of days after I did that, and I was reading Carly Kwong's book, and she said the same. Her legs, just the, the calf muscles were just seized up because it's so many up, steep ups and steep downs. You just are amazed at how anyone ever built that wall. I mean, it was built supposedly to keep people out, but that didn't work anyway, and so many people, as we know, died in in the building of it. But it's still one of the only things visible from outer space, so it is quite an amazing structure. So there's all that to do, and as I said, try and get to the little old areas. Once upon a time, they had what they called hutongs, which were these little crisscrosses of lanes and alleyways that went across the whole city of Beijing. Unfortunately, a lot of those are gone with this transformation and making it all they wanted it to be perceived as a very clean, modern city. But you can still find them and try and get to them and they've got names there's such and such Hutong H-U-T-O-N-G and there's some near um, a handful left near the second ring road if people want to check those out and the other important thing is you can't leave Beijing without having Peking duck as we all know Beijing used to be called Peking and the duck is famous there and there's some fabulous restaurants and they'll come out and show it to you they go away and cook it and then they come and show it to you again and then it gets carved up into all its different pieces and, and you either have it as is or they make it into a duck sanshui bao or duck wrapped in rice paper with shallot and chilli or it's just absolutely fabulous so I know the uh, supporters will thoroughly enjoy their stay in Beijing and just make the most of the footy but also make the most of what China has to offer. It's an interesting way to do a tour, isn't it? You're going to go away on a footy tour to, to see mm. something that you really love and get to some wonderful culture at the same time in, yes. a, in a place that's so different yes. to where it is that you come it's, from, but still to be able to, yes. whatever the game times are, to go along and see something that you can relate to mm. uh, in the mm. middle of this totally different area of the world. It must uh, be incredible. Oh, and as you say, you can imagine the crowds. Oh. When we're talking about a city of 15 million people, you can imagine yeah. how many people. The stadiums will be packed, packed. to the rafters. Yeah. You know, so they're going to have a very exciting time. Yeah, yeah. And, cool. and I... And oh, also, weather-wise, don't forget it's March, it'll be cool. Okay. Beijing's to the north, December, January, February is their winter, so it's only just into autumn. So pack the warm coats and the scarves and the gloves, it'll, and you know, when you're sitting out watching the footy, it'll be pretty chilly. And we'll be back with some more next week when we do it again for our sponsor, Travel World on King. Talking travel here on 2NURFM 103.7.